It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, Episode 16. Shows can happen anywhere. Why won't you believe me when I tell you the thing that I say and still take you tomorrow and the show? Hey, good morning, crew. Uh, maybe it's the afternoon, the evening. You're probably not commuting right now because we're all working from home pretty much. Uh, I am Mike, principal extraordinaire out of Lansing, Illinois. And I'm Josh Buckley, a social studies teacher from Mesa, Arizona. We want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. So let's get our classrooms to be like a punk show. We want to bring passion. We want to bring unity. We want to build our scene. We want to get our crew together. We got to get that little DIY attitude to what we do. It's going to be good. <laughs> That's right. You don't need to be a punk or have a punk background or listen to any punk rock to have that punk rock mindset because we can all be punks here at the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. That's right, Mike. In today's episode, I'm excited to talk about this because one of the things that I loved about punk rock was this idea that the show can happen anywhere, right? Like anywhere. I've, yep. I've been, the beauty of a punk rock show was you didn't need a fancy venue. You didn't really even need a venue per se, right? Like I've been to shows right. in bowling alleys. I know you've talked about bowling alley shows before. Uh, I've, yeah. I've played shows in church, church basements. I played house shows, uh, someone's backyard. Uh, one time I played this show in this old furniture warehouse, right? And you had to like, nice. wind, you had to wind <laughs> your way through the warehouse to this back corner where they'd set up this venue in the middle of this warehouse, but it was like a little maze. It was called Java the Hut. It was just like, and it was nice. such a it was such a weird little venue, but I played in a warehouse before. Uh, I I saw a warp tour on the top of a parking garage, <laughs> you know, like uh, old nice. grain silos. Nice. I did a show in a grain silo. Like you entered in through the grain silo and it went down into a basement. Just weird places to go That's play cool. shows. And I yeah, think, I mean anywhere. Yeah. De definitely anywhere and i think you and i both know like all you needed to make that show happen was some passion right and some yep. drive to go like yeah this is what we're doing right you could do it anywhere and i think that has to be the same for education right like it 100%, does definitely. yeah yeah it doesn't have to be it, it's not always within the four walls of your classroom you don't need that fancy venue to do it in there are teachable moments everywhere, no matter where you're at in school and right now outside of school, right? As, as, we're, as we're in the middle of sort of, you know, teaching uh, from home or remote learning or whatever that looks like, we have to be creative and inventive and allow right. students to learn outside of that. So I, as, we're, as we're kind of dealing with this right now, how are you seeing teachers um, take their show on the road, if you will, as we're dealing with all this, what are some of the things you're seeing on your campus or other teachers do that you've gone like, Oh, that's it. That, that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause so our district was not in Illinois. You have to kind of, you know, you, you write a proposal to the state to become a full e-learning district and we are not. So when this all happened, um, we came up with what we called at home learning activities and, then once the governor kind of said we were no longer in active God days, uh, we became a remote learning school. So still yeah. not e-learning. Basically, our teachers met on March 16th and they created uh, nine weeks worth of plans 
for the kids to do at home with little to no technology, um, little to no parental like help needed, and they weren't teaching new concepts. Which so basically they were just activities to kind of reinforce what they've learned to keep their minds active to kind of keep them focused on some kind of education throughout you know these weeks that we were off. Yeah, and uh, you know we we made plans for the whole year because we had no idea when we were going to go back, which you know now we're not. Um, because we weren't e-learning, we couldn't instruct or direct our staff to, to do Zoom lessons or, you know, reach out to the kids. Like basically, which it's, it sounds insane, all they had to do was create those plans and then that was it. Um, now they have a little more responsibility because we're no longer active God days, so they do have to make contact with uh, students, whether it's through like email or some kind of blast, just to make sure that the kids are, you know, responding, they're still getting some work done and whatnot. Um, but honestly, because, you know, most people that get into education don't do it for the quote unquote, the job for a paycheck to, to have summers off and winter break off, you know, they do it to make a difference and to reach kids lives and, and make an impact on them and build relationships. And I mean, honestly, like our teachers, not just in my school, but across our district have gone above and beyond to make sure they're still doing these type of lessons. So they've taken their learning on the road and, you know, Zoom, I mean, that's a given. Everyone's doing Zoom lessons, especially if you sign up for the educator stuff, you know, you get, you know, you can, you can record for a limited amount of hours now um, with your class. So a lot of teachers are facilitating Zoom lessons and, you know, it's nice because I've jumped in on quite a few that my staff have done with different groups and, you know, they're still making those connections, those face-to-face -face connections, and they're still, it's not just all based on, you know, uh, academics. Like, yeah. a lot of it is SEL, so it's emotional learning. Like, they're just there to be that support, like, hey, look, I'm going through this with you. But the thing that I love, whether they're doing it through Zoom, I've got teachers making YouTube lessons that then we post out um, for the kids to watch whenever they want, kind of follow along. You know, our music teacher did a great job. Our art teachers uh, been been doing uh, YouTube lessons and has her own like site where the kids can go and follow along. Uh, my own sister-in-law, who's an art teacher in a, in a neighboring district, uh, same thing. And my daughter has followed her art projects. But what's nice is that my favorite part about all of this is because all of these lessons, these these Zooms, are all happening from home. The teachers have been able to share part of their life and their family with their kids and with the kids' parents, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like most most educators, you know, we've talked about this, you know, most educators share their background, their passions, the, you know, their family life with their students. But now it, I think it's awesome that they're, the kids are actually able to see like, oh, that's your son that you talk about all the time <laughs> who's the right. same age as us. And they can yeah. jump in a lesson with him, you know? Or, you know, this is, this is my dog. Like it shows like, hey, we're all human. We're all people together. We're all right. going through this together. And, you know, I'm over here, you're over there, but we're still, you know, making that connection. So that's one of my favorite things to see. But just the creativity that people have come up with, you know, to, to still kind of teach. Because, like I said, just like I just mentioned, mentioned they, don't, we, they don't have to create new lessons where they're giving new instruction or teaching right. new material. Right. But they, they are, and they're finding ways to do that from home with, you know, whether it's 
hey, we're, we're going to fill out this grid by using Cheez-Its because they're squares and teaching fractions <laughs> that way. Like yeah. using household items that we can do. Find um, your own manipulatives at and home, just, right? It, like what do you got to do it with? Yeah. Yes, yes. It's, it's just getting creative. And the thing that I love about that is you and I have talked a lot about the DIY aspect where you don't right, need right. that $5,000 computer program to be an effective educator. You've got the tools and this is getting people out of their comfort zone and kind of opening their eyes and the whole day Burgess teach like a pirate, like look around, what do you have to create these experiences and these learning opportunities for the kids? And I think that's, that's what I enjoy seeing the most. Yeah. Um, you know, just the creativity that educators, not even only mine, like my, my own kids educators, the things they're sharing through Google Classroom, like those are the types of things that I think that I really hope are going to hold when we go back to school, whether it's in a limited capacity next year, you know, or if we just full on go back, how we've always gone back. I really hope that these kind of lessons and the quote unquote lesson planning our educators are doing now wasn't just for this time period. I hope that they can take that and bring it to the classroom to bring. Right. We can run with that creativity, right? Yes, exactly. So I mean, yeah, that creativity doesn't die when we when we go back. And and you you, right. were ta- you were talking about and to kind of run with that thing of like how people are being inventive right now. Um, we have a, a you know a teacher in my district. They have a uh, a a garden, and so she was using her um, her WebEx meeting. What we're using to she went to school and took her kids on like a virtual tour of the garden. And they got to tell her where they wanted to go awesome. and they got to kind of like go, oh, do you check out this and do that stuff? So she got to like, right. they were able to go check on their garden, even though they're not in the building right now, right? You had to, you had to come up with a creative right. way to do that. And, you know, we've got PE teachers who are giving like, you know, daily lessons of like, or weekly lessons of what can you do at home to get ready? Like, what can you do to stay physically active while you're at home? What's something, you know, what's something, a home item you can use to make this happen, right? I've got a... Um, right. I've got a, a teacher friend of mine who's doing lessons about like taking care of your bike, right? Or like, here's a game you can play. You can, here's how you build the outdoor game board with some chalk, right? Here's right. how you, here's how you can play this game at home. I'm going to show you how to draw this big outdoor thing. You know, if you've got a driveway or if you want to do it on the sidewalk or like, here's some places you can, you can do that. And I, I think they're right. being really creative. Right. We've got, we've got band directors who are having their kids all get together and play, on zoom right and and this sort of like crazy way to make that stuff happen so that's kind of like what's going on right now as we deal with this but but what are some ways that you see before in the before times right what are some ways that you saw right teachers on your campuses taking learning outside of their classroom what does that look like normally on your at your school Right. Before I jump to that, one thing yeah. I just want to mention, I, I feel too with the Zooms that I've set in on and been a participant with, it's helping to give, it's not just the teacher, you know, lecturing or giving all the information. There's a lot more of student voice and student input going on. And that's one thing that you and I have talked about. You have to have students have to have their voice. You know, they've got to have like pass of them and they've got to take over. And, you know, this is hopefully opening the eyes to some of those educators who just kind of, I don't want to say do the stand and deliver, but we still have educators that kind of have that mentality um, where this will hopefully help them to see like, 
all right, these kids can be an active participant in the, in the lessons. So that's one of my, that's another one of my favorite things I'm seeing. But yeah, so your question back to, you know, what have I seen in the past? You know, our campus, it's, we have a ton of property, like in the back, like we have this entire field um, that reaches, you know, the, the, the house, the property lines for the homes that surround us. So um, it used to be a park. And so there is this old kind of wooden box where a couple of years ago, one of my first grade teachers um, said, you know, I'm tired of the weeds just growing in there. So, you know, we, like you, you mentioned the gardening, we turned it into a garden one spring where the kids, the first graders painted the, the, the wood out there and, you know, they had their handprints and paint and like, yeah. you know, it, they, they took ownership of it and, you know, learned some gardening skills, which isn't part of, you know, part of the common core curriculum, you know, standards that they have to, to learn. I mean, it's just learning those kind of like life skills. And, and, and that's one thing I've always liked, like just getting out there and learning about life because there's a lot of kids, especially in our area, who are never going to experience a garden of their own. And for them to learn kind of like the values of what it can bring and kind of that Zen, you know, I know a couple of people yeah. when we did this, the, but what's your punk, you know, that, yeah. that was their Zen, like just going out and gardening. So, you know, things like that, we have a beautiful courtyard where just the kids getting outside and I, and I tell the staff this all the time, like try to take your lessons outside if the weather permits. I mean, you don't have to have a reading circle in your classroom just cause that's where you're assigned. Like, take them out to our courtyard, take advantage of those things. You know, our, our teachers, I've seen math lessons done outside with chalk on the blacktop where, you know, they're, they're just taking over the whole playground. Yeah. And they're, they're learning though. I mean, they're doing their math <clears throat> problems or whatnot outside on there. So I think just getting out and experiencing, you know, yeah, we, the we, beauty of, of just nature, you yeah, know, Yeah, we've talked before, like, sometimes we've got kids, you've got to get up and move around. And sometimes classrooms yes. aren't very big, right? Like they're not. So sometimes taking those kids outside to do that learning outside gives them some more space. It's okay that they're, you're, they're moving around a little bigger because you know, there's more space to do that. And we're giving them that option to make that happen. And, and I would say the same thing. I'm seeing things, you know, I teach at a high school, but we still see the same things. I see teachers take their kids outside to do some of their lessons outside, right? And we do this thing on campus. Uh, we have this thing called the Red Mountain Way, right? We, we have like three guiding principles, courage, respect, and influence, right? Like those are the, the okay. guiding principles yeah. that, guide, that guide what we do at our school. And so we have this thing called like the Red Mountain Way talks. So they're almost like TED talks, but uh, mountain talks, right? But we have students, cool. we have students who give them, we have teachers who give them, we have outside speakers who come in. And they give like uh, they give a talk on on a topic about how they're impacting their community or you know how they're impacting their school and it surrounds those ideas of courage, respect, and influence, right? So we've nice. had students go up and give their talk to a auditorium full of students, right? Like taking those learning moments outside of the classroom, gathering a bunch of students together, and and not only letting uh you know teachers talk but letting students talk and letting outside speakers come in and bringing those guest speakers in and one of the things i think that that i'm going to miss that's not going to happen this year is something that we do in in my district is we have uh some of our students do graduation parades right so they get their caps and okay. gowns and they go to the elementary school and they do a parade at the elementary school so all those kids 
get to see this is what I get to do, right? So they're taking this experience of graduation and, you know, the 13 years from, from you know, kindergarten to 12th grade that they're, that they're staying out there. And uh, they get to see that. They get to see what the outcome is as elementary students. And, you know, it lets those high schoolers be a role model. It lets them take their show on the road, right? And then it gets right. all these elementary kids outside of their classrooms seeing this big moment. And, and it's really kind of, it's a bummer. I mean, all this graduation stuff that, that kids are kind of missing out on this year. But that's one of those things that I think um, has an impact where those students get to feel like, man, I've really accomplished something. Look at all these kids who think it's so cool that I'm in my cap and gown and then I get to go to their that, campus, you know? That is really, that's a really cool idea. And that's something I'm going to bring up to, because some states like Indiana, like where I live, yeah. it's, you know, it, it's a school district K to 12. Whereas in Illinois, you've got your elementary districts K to eight, and then the high school, high school at districts, least, yeah. And, yeah, then you have the high school districts, which there's a little kind of communication collaboration between eighth grade and high school. You know, they take their, um, yeah, uh, you know, their, their entrance tests and all that type of stuff, but there's not much carryover. And one thing, you know, like, you know, we've been stressing, you know, in my district that just between elementary and middle school, we'd like to see more you know, maybe more like a big brother type of program or something more than just kind of like the, the sixth grade orientation. That's a half a day when they kind of see the school and the teachers, like we'd like to see more of a better transition. And I, I love that there's that high school. I mean, are, are you guys, I'm assuming are, um, K to, are you K to 12, Josh? Yeah. We're, we're a unified or you district. Just a high school? No, we're a unified okay. district. So, so we've got everybody. So it's easier. It's <clears throat> easier for you, but you know, unfortunately, right before all this happened, I was uh, contacted by, it's funny, uh, a guy that I went to high school with, he was a couple years older than me and he's actually a teacher. Um, and I, I think he's the union president of the high school district um, in town. And we just kind of started talking uh, through Twitter and we were going to collaborate on a project where the high school kids kind of team up with our elementary kids. Um, but then of course this all happens. That's, yeah, that's yeah. on pause. But I think we need to have more of those experiences because our younger kids need to see kind of, you know, see the importance in kind of the, the, I don't want to say the awe of, these older kids, you know, with this recognition they're getting from graduating, but it's also important for the high school kids, like you said, to kind of go back and see like, wow, this is what it was worth it. Right. All the hard work, <clears throat> the memories, everything we went through. I mean, it's yeah. a huge learning experience for both parties. <clears throat> right. It is. And it definitely gets to, it gets to show that. And we do this a couple different ways. Like we have our avid students at the junior high come up and do shadow days. Like they follow around a right. high school kid all day and go to their classes and, and see what it's like to be a high school student. And, you know, there's a couple different ways that you can make that happen. And, you know, we have kids who go down to the elementary school and they tutor or they do readings and, and they right. work with those kids. And so, they get to take their show on the road and they get to lead and they get to teach and they get to see education through a different lens. Right. <clears throat> so how do you, you know, and it's cool. We yeah. had literally, I was going to say literally a quarter mile, not even like down the road from our, from our school. We had a Ileana Christian high school. Um, they actually just closed their doors about two years ago and relocated. Um, but when they were there, those high school kids, because they could walk right over, mm -hmm. they came over and, you know, worked, it was part of the credits for it. And they, they worked in classrooms we assigned. 
And I can't tell you how many of those kids came back um, after they graduated high school and said, because of just working in here, I've decided to become a teacher and go into education. Like, how cool is that? You know, right, like right. those experiences. They said if it wasn't for them coming into our campus and working with our kids, they would have taken another another route. So yeah, you were gonna ask me something. I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off. No, 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 that's fine. I think you're right. Like building those experiences, whether that's you know, whether that's traveling down to the elementary school or having, you know, guest speakers come in or taking that education outside of the four walls of your classroom, is that punk idea of you can you can you don't have to have the show on stage in the venue, right? And no. And, and sometimes the best shows took place other places, right? Not in the club, not in the, you know, not in the fancy big arena or whatever. So how do you encourage it on your campus? What do you, what do you do to kind of get your, your teachers to see that like, it's, it doesn't have to be in your room. It doesn't have to be this. What do you do to encourage that for your teachers? Well, I, you know, to me, it's all about modeling it and, you know, um, currently writing a book, uh, the educate, an educational cookbook with just like recipes and things I've done to help shift our culture. And a lot of it, not every, not every recipe, not every chapter um, is about activities I've done, but a good portion of it is. And, you know, some of it, uh, one of the chapters, Struggle Island, is already out in my blog, so you can kind of read that to kind of get an idea. And every, every faculty meeting we do, I do my best to kind of think, okay, one, and I've talked about this on our show, you know, it's not going to be all me just talking. You know, I like to get the teachers sharing things. I want it to be a discussion. It's not, it's not going to be me standing to deliver. I'm your administrator. Here's what's going on. Like yeah. I can send that type of stuff out in an email. But so I look like, what can we do? How can we get outside of the library here? And, you know, so struggle Island, you know, we went outside on the back, back playground. It was an October day and it was, you know, it's beautiful out because there's a fall weather here in Chicagoland. Um, and that's where we facilitated that activity. You know, we've gone to the art room to do art projects together where they're getting hands on, they're sitting with each other and they were painting pumpkins, but then at the same time they're talking and they're collaborating and they're brainstorming about things. Um, we've gone, you know, I'll, I'll find ways to go to the gym especially in the, in the colder months, you know, in February, we went to the gym and we did this activity called flip and flapjacks, which will be in the book, um, which was like a whole team building activity for them. It's so I want the staff to see like, look, we can go all over our campus. I I'm trying to find ways to get us off campus for faculty meetings. Now, Hamish yeah. Brewers talked about that, like where he'll take his campus on field trips and they're, they're going to their local fire department for a staff meeting. I mean, those are the types of things like I want to do to just, again, when they see, when the staff sees myself and my assistant principal kind of modeling that mentality, right, like, Hey, right. let's get up, let's move, let's get hands on, let's go somewhere else and not just look at a PowerPoint while I'm talking to you. It'll help, hopefully, you know, have them say, okay, well, Let's do this with our kids now too. Like, let's find ways. So, and and last plug for my book on this episode, but you know, <laughs> that's that. You know, it, it's I want people to know when it does come out. Like, a lot of the things I share are coming from me as an administrator, changing the culture of our building. But like what I tell our staff, these recipes that you know I've cooked up and we've put in place are not just for administrators to do their staff. 
every like, like any good recipe, right? You read a cookbook. There's always you always put your own. You no one follows a recipe to the T. You find yeah, you your own your little, little flavors, little, little on it, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So as a classroom teacher, whether you're high school level, your elementary, you should be able to read some of these recipes like Struggle Island. Say, hey, I can adapt this to my students, and this is what we can use it for. So. I'm hoping, you know, that it's, it's going to reach every educator from every level, um, no matter what, you know, so, yeah. um, just things I'm going to share out there. Like, what, what about you? You know, how, how, I don't want to see, you know, what does well, your administration do to promote it for you or how do you kind of help promote it to the rest of your team and your colleagues? Yeah. So for us, I think one of the things we did, um, not, th- I think it was last, it may have been last year or it's hard for me, like every year kind of blends together at this point. Right. But we had, right. we had, a, we had a, um, someone come out and help us through this idea of like, don't do syllabuses at the beginning of the year. Take your first okay. couple days and build, your, build your, your classroom culture, right? Build teams on your campus right, right. and stuff. And so in that PD, in that, in that day-long PD, we were, we were outside, we were playing games, we were doing all this different stuff that you could then take into your classroom and then take your kids outside and do these things, right? And so we saw a shift on our campus of teachers going like, Oh, you mean I don't have to just sit and bore my kids to death the first couple days with rules and syllabus and all this stuff. I can sprinkle that in and have some fun doing other stuff. And that's something that I've been doing as a teacher for years is ditching my syllabus at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the school year and saying like, I'll get to that later. Um, But here's the, here's the dumb thing I want us to do to kind of get to know each other. So I do this game where I have my kids, um, they do like telephone, but it's about building something with Legos, right? Mm. So I've, I've built something with Legos, like a, a figure with Legos, like some random design. And I put it outside of my classroom. And then my kids, okay. they're in like groups of four. Only one of them can see it. And they have to come in and tell the next person. The next person has to write directions, hand that to someone else. <clears throat> and then that person has to tell the builder how to build it. Right. So it's That's like, cool. it's like paying telephone, but they have to see which team can, which team can, you know, make the, uh, can create the closest approximation of what I've built outside. And, and so there's little like things like that, that I try to do through throughout the year or, you know, get kids outside or there's a bunch of different things that we have teachers do on campus. We have, you know, like we've seen teachers, our welding teacher, and my campus does some amazing projects. His kids do work for so many different groups and, and places, and they do, they create projects and they do fundraising for different community events and different community okay. like uh, community groups. And you know, we have kids who go and their clubs volunteer at shelters, or they help out and they raise money for you know different different organizations that are in our community. And so kids are learning about needs beyond their own, right? Like, yeah. So those little things to like, let kids know that you can have an impact beyond the classroom and beyond your house. Right. And that's really what we talk about. You know, it's, it's so true. Like, and it just made me think of, you know, and it's unfortunate because we're not going to be able to do it this year because of, you know, school being over. But when I taught, you know, every, every winter, our team would spend time, we'd get, we get donations and we would go to the dollar store and buy a bunch of toiletries. And then the kids would go, we'd hang out at a assisted living facility for half a day. We'd bring donuts and coffee and we'd play bingo with the, with the residents. And yeah, the middle school kids, they got to see 
this other side of like this this community right their own community that they really had no idea existed and these people you know are alone they don't have much money and just the joy of us going there and so the current school district that i'm at uh one of our teachers she's uh facilitates like this after school um uh peace club and kindness club where the kids learn how to sing songs and whatnot and she's been going taking these groups from all three of our elementary schools and going to the uh assisted living facility in our current town yeah same type of thing they perform for the for the residents oh that's awesome she's re- yeah the residents just love it i mean we bring our own bleaches over i mean it's a whole you know all in mentality our maintenance department our building and grounds crew brings all of our, our risers over there the kids stand up you know i i bring the ipad and i record it and then they play bingo with them and then they're doing crafts and just the kids have come back and said you know how much like that was like their the one thing they will never forget the entire school year right just the impact of how happy they made you know the these elderly uh residents who really don't have many family or anything going on so it's we have to do those opportunities uh for our kids you know right and we've talked before about how like you, you know you are we're a, we're members of larger communities and and like this i mean i've been to punk shows where like you got in by bringing baby food because someone was mm-hmm. going to donate that in i've been to punk shows where you know you were helping out a crew member who <laughs> got into a car accident or, or whatever it right. was and so we can take that mentality of like taking this show right? The classroom and the learning, taking that outside of the classroom and, and, and doing it in all these different places because the show doesn't have to happen in a specific location. Learning isn't right. confined to a textbook. Learning isn't confined to like, you know, 42 minutes in your class. Learning isn't, com- you know, confined to like, well, right now it's, it's reading time and silent sustained reading. Right. And we're going to do that here in this room at your desk, right? You can, you can do that stuff anywhere. And when you, when you think about it, like, do we want kids to only think the only learning happens inside of that classroom? Right? Like I don't have to learn cause I'm not at school. Right? No, right? Like reading right. doesn't only exist in your classroom. You can read in all sorts of places. And so what we did as always is we asked our crew to kind of go like, all right, tell us what you're up to. What's going on for you? How are, how do you see learning happen outside of the classroom? And, and our Twitter pal, one of our crew, Heather Shaw, she says, we do a community activist unit that gets kids doing a passion project. I send them on scavenger hunts. We do flip grid assignments that are about interviewing family or community. I think that's awesome, right? This idea of going in yes. and talking to your community members. I know I have history teachers who go like, go ask your parents about, uh, you know, the Cold War. What was it like? Right. You know, what, what, did they, what do they remember from this period of time? Go ask your grandparents about Vietnam or whatever it was. Have them tell you about what was going on so that we can have those bigger conversations and learn outside of our classroom. Right, right. We had uh, Ryan Moody. He <clears throat> said, so we are working on incorporating learning into our extracurricular groups, drumline, flag football, robotics, gems, etc. This is difficult in elementary, but we're figuring it out. And how can what they study in class make them better and more valuable in their outside groups? This, this is like golden right here. I mean, right. isn't this what we want to do? Like, we, I've always believed we have to help kids to see 
you know, there's a connection between everything we're doing, you know, not only just the subjects and cross curricular, but even the extracurricular, like Ryan saying, like, it all goes together. You have to realize you have to, the academics and the social emotional, if you're going to be a basketball player, like that all ties into it. Um, and I, right. I love this. Uh, we had we had Chuck Moss talk about uh, one of his teachers, uh, Miss Huckabee, spearheaded a bio blitz in which students and families catalog the natural flora and fauna around uh, their school and uploaded it to a national database. How rad is that? Like, go out. That is awesome. And so, uh, you know, we want to thank all of uh, all of our crew who chimed in for our slow chat. You know, we love putting those out. We love hearing from people. And we love being able to share our, our crew's thoughts on the show. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Punk Classrooms. You can follow my brother, my punk rock brother from another mother, Mike, at uh, EduChef Earnshaw. You can follow me at Josh R. Buckley. Yeah, so until that next episode, make sure you check out our hashtag, Punk Rock Classrooms. Uh, you'll be part of our slow chats and just, you know, other things we post out there. So, Josh, yes, what have you been listening to? All right. So I've been trying to stay healthy during quarantine, right? Trying to be a little more active. <laughs> you had mentioned this on Twitter, like you're trying to stretch a little more because we're getting old, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I've been, I've been doing yoga before I run about 15 minutes of yoga, uh, but I like, I can't do anything in silence, but I had to find music that wasn't too fast. Right. Right. But I also don't want to listen to Enya while I'm doing my yoga. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I've found, I've been, I made myself a little playlist and I call it sludgy space yoga. So it's got a bunch of like <laughs> sludgy sort of metal bands on there. And a couple of them that have been really good that have been sticking out to me is uh, I've got uh, Orphans of Doom has been a really good band that's on there. Um, Fire Breather and uh, let's see, Wind Hand. Those are like three okay. sort of slow kind of sludgy spacey rock like if you took led zeppelin and dropped them to drop d and slowed the record down that's kind <laughs> that's of the stuff got. that i've been listening to so it's, it's been pretty it's been it's been some good stretching with some weird music it's been good times how about you man what have you been listening to well first i want to give you a shout out and congratulate you on finishing the teacher 100 yes, uh, yes. yesterday yeah, yesterday I put it, I, I was only going to do a four mile run. And then I looked at my, I looked at my thing. I'm like, oh, I have to have five miles to finish it today. All right, I'm doing five. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I just started that as well, but uh, it's, it's hit or miss right now. It's been, uh, it's, I've just been so busy, but yeah, congrats on getting yours done. Uh, for me, I've been listening to a lot of propaganda. The thing I like about them is from their first album, How to Clean Everything to like their, their newest one, Victory Lap. There's they're so different, you know, they've never put out the same record twice. Yeah. Um, you know, the first one was a lot like just kind of like poppy skate punk. Then like now they've got like almost like this kind of metal tinge to it. So I, I, everything they put out, I've liked. So a lot of propaganda, but I've also been listening to like a lot of death metal lately. Um, <laughs> when I'm in the car by myself. Yeah, welcome, so, welcome to my like, world, Mike. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to just. <laughs> so the other day, uh, I had to run, I had to run a couple errands, you know, go to the bank and go to the school and print something. And, uh, I just put on a lot of cattle decapitation. Ooh, cattle uh, decap. Oh, yes. Stuff. Yes. So, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's not something I'm putting out with the families with me, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I've been into. Oh man, that's awesome. So ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. 
make sure that if you're following us on, if you listen on, uh, on iTunes, give us a review. If you listen to us on Spotify, hit us up there. Make sure you follow us there. Share the podcast with folks. We want to build our crew because we, we're better together, right? Like punk rock is about yep. building that crew and that scene and uniting together to kind of build something awesome. And we look forward to building awesome stuff with you. So guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And Mike and I, we'll see you at the show. At the show.